Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. For those of our listeners in Utah, which I know there are a lot, I wanted to share a super applicable resource, and that is Utah House Doctors. Um, you can find them at Instagram, at Utah House Doctors, or on their web- website at utahhousedoctors.com. Right now in this hot market, it seems like a lot of people are attempting to sell their homes on their own, and they're missing out on selling their home at a much higher price, as well as the marketing power of a real estate agent and website. Um, Utah House Doctors in Utah is one of the top sellers here, and I can tell you from personal use that they are such an amazing team, so many good resources and skill as well if you are looking to buy a home. So I encourage you to check them out. If you are in Utah, that's utahousedoctors.com or on Instagram at utahousedoctors. Hey everybody, we have an awesome guest with us today. We're so excited to hear from her. She is one of our fabulous listeners and her name is Tessa Marinello Wells. Tessa, we are so happy to have you here with us today talking about breaking generational molds as you kind of have come into the respectful parenting world. Can you tell us to start out just a little bit about yourself? Yes, um, I am 26 years old. I am a mama of two boys, um, Milo, who is two and a half, almost gonna be three in February, and um, Isa, who is just turned five months. Um, I live in Massachusetts in the Holyoke area. I am a stay-at-home mom, um, which wasn't necessarily planned, but I had my second son right in the beginning of the pandemic, so it kind of worked out that (laughs) I'm home now. Um, I'm a very small uh, business owner. I own a little um, Etsy shop making Um, clay jewelry, which has kind of supplemented my being able to stay home. Um, So that's been a really nice, uh, fun thing that I've been able to do. And it also works out that I'm home during the pandemic because I have a little extra time to do that. That's so nice. What's what's the name of your Etsy shop? It's called Argila by Lucia, which Argila is clay in Italian. So, and my middle name is Lucia. So that my husband came up with a shop name, actually. That's cool. Are you Italian? Yes, I am. Like you have Italian descent. That's awesome. That's really cool. I love Italian descent. That's awesome. Well, okay, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. So let's just dive right in to your story. Can you tell us about your own childhood and why... Um, let's start there and then talk about how that has affected you as you've come into the respectful parenting world and started adopting that as your parenting style. So I had to, I love my parents, amazing parents, but you know, 
like I always love to say that they didn't have the tools that we all have now. There's so much information at our disposal now. So, you know, without placing any blame, they just did the best that they could with what they had on hand. Um, but I grew up with a lot of watching my mom and dad um, bicker a lot and speak to myself and my sisters a certain way. And I always thought that it was completely normal up until really only a few years ago did my sisters and I start talking and realizing like, wow, this is just not the way that a healthy parent and daughter relationship would go. Um, I remember when I noticed it, I was on the phone with my husband. This was a few years ago. And he said something that got me upset and I just hung up the phone. And I don't know what clicked for me in that moment, but I was just like, oh my gosh, this is not okay. This is not how you end a conversation. And it just like cycloned into my head. Oh my goodness, I got this because I was watching always. That was how my mom finished a conversation. That's how she got the upper hand. She would always hang up. Like you, get, you don't get to get anything else in because I'm done now, you know? And I didn't realize how much that had affected me in the way that I would be to my husband, to my kids, even though they're, you know, Milo's still so little, I could see that I was already developing the things that they would put into place. Um, even harmful body speech, you know, about how you always had to change the way that you looked to meet this goal, or you always had to constantly be better, be better, be better. Um, and there wasn't any room for imperfection or mistakes. And that was said a lot to us. We always had to be perfect my dad's famous phrase was, you have to see the accident before it happens. And somehow he always did. I don't know how he was one of those dads. He is one of those dads who just somehow like always has it right. <laughs> he never makes the mistake. And so we were not allowed to, to do that. When in reality, you know, now I'm looking at it and that's really how you find your way is you have to make the mistakes. You know, and you have to give yourself a little bit of freedom to figure out what's right, what's wrong without being shamed for it. Mm. And by mistake, you mean the accident or the thing that looks imperfect, because it's ironic, as you were saying that, that perhaps he wasn't making that mistake, like having, you know, like breaking the glass or whatever, but parenting with shame is its own kind of mistake, right? So even in perfection, quote, we're still making mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like we're all making mistakes all the time. Exactly. So I, I, okay, I have a couple questions here to circle back to because you're saying yeah. a lot of really important things here. First of all, can you give me an example? I think we really learn from examples, um, specifically about body image. It's one of, I mean, I think it's such an important thing as we talk to our kids. Can you give me an example of what that sounds like to be parenting from a place of shame 
with body image? Like, what would that sound like for you growing up? So my mom would always do these little, um, we would call them treasure hunts around November, December time. And she would get us a bunch of amazing gifts, which was sounds great. You know, when you're looking at it, oh, I'm getting all these gifts. But then I remember one and she would leave clues around the house, how to get to the next gift. And I remember one of them was the clue was something about you'll find your next gift uh, or something. So I ran to the elliptical that we had and the gift was actually, I was like 11 and the gift was these like carb grabbing pills that you could take. They were like natural, but that really made me think, and I wasn't thinking anything about my body. You know, I thought I was just living life, find the way that I was. And so we were always given like, instead of the healthy, like, let's take a walk together or let's do this or that. It was, you need to change. Here's something you can take supplements, um, you know, wear Spanx all the time from a really, I wore Spanx all the time. And I was like 12 years old. Um, and just things like that, or aren't you going to put makeup on we're leaving the house. Aren't you going to do your hair? That shirt makes you look a little bit bigger than you actually are. Those things were always kind of floating around. Mm -hmm. And I truly don't think she had any intention other than coming from a loving place, mm -hmm. but detrimental. Now to break that, I, you know, I can't see the finish line of trying to break that specific, um, you know, mold that I was placed into yeah yeah the the tapes that we play that we are taught when we're young I I fully believe that we are able to change the tapes but it is it can be um it takes a lot of practice mm -hmm. and intention and so it, and it's a journey right it isn't like a oh I turned yeah. off that tape it's off great yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just a practice so I honor you that you are doing that practice and I really love what you said that I think it's important for all of our listeners to hear we are talking here about Tessa's individual experience because it's something that we can all learn from but I love it that you gave the disclaimer at the beginning that we are doing it from a space of non-judgment towards your parents because you're right all parents are just we all have different toolboxes and as we learn about psychology and respectful parenting we have better tools. My mom says all the time, she listens to our podcast and she's like, I wish I would have had this when I was a mom. Um, Cause we all, when you know better, you do better. Right. And oh, was it Maya Angelou who said it, it's something like that. I wish I had the direct quote in front of me, but something like that. We, we do as good as we know. And then when we know better, we do better and we can change that at any time in our life. So mm -hmm. if you're listening to this and you have grown children and you feel like you're relating with some things that Tessa's saying here, it's never too late to go to your kids and say, I don't like how I did that. Mm. I, I'm going to stop talking to you about your body like that. You know, mm -hmm. you can, you can do that at any age. So thank you for sharing that specific example, because I think people can hear that and hear what it did to you on the inside and what it's still, what the tape is still playing in your head. I think yeah. that that's really, really valuable. So thank yeah. you. I also yeah. wanted to add to, oh, I just wanted to say too, that I think it's so crazy because I think all of us 
when we're kids, we're so impressionable. And I think all of us, anybody listening right to can think of like things that were said to you when you were a kid that are like ingrained, even good and bad, you know what I mean? And, you know, you can remember things that a teacher said, and it is crazy how that can really shape because as a kid, I think it's just, you're just so you're kind of like a little sponge. And I feel like I, I had a great childhood, but like looking back, sometimes I, you like remember certain things that things said, and it is sometimes hard to reshape it. So I love that. I think one of the biggest things is becoming aware, just like you are, that we, we maybe have been told something that we don't want to keep going with our own families. So it's so true. Yeah. And on, on that thought, I think it's so important, at least in my journey, that I had come on this respectful parenting journey and I was so thankful and I, all of it made sense right away and I was implementing it, but there was something that was like holding me up in the process and I couldn't really figure out what it was. But when I gave it thought, it was that I hadn't worked on myself yet. I was just trying to do these things for my son and for my husband too, in a different way. But I hadn't realized that that generational trauma, quote unquote, was what was holding me back. I had to put myself under the microscope, which was a rabbit hole, of course, because then you're like, who is Tessa? You know, who (laughs) am I without this burden of, you know, because these are all, they're not our thoughts. They're borrowed thoughts that we adopted from somebody just telling us, telling us, telling us. So I think it's important if people are having trouble or can't really get the groove of it, that I think that the work has to start with yourself first. You can, of course, implement with your children at the same time, but I think that it's much more difficult to go at it and have success if you're not healing what put you here in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. I think that's the nature of almost everything in life is that it is us on the inside, right? And I agree with you. I think we can start how we're talking to others, but if we don't change how we're talking to ourselves at the same time, it's only surface level and it's not going to be effective. Um, Brene Brown says often that we can't give unconditional love to others if we're not giving it to ourselves. So sometimes I get, it's like a chicken and the egg thing. It's like, well, if I don't have this master, then I obviously can't even be practicing on my kids, which, you know, isn't truth because as we're practicing, we can just practice on our kids at the same time. But I think it's so important. I'm so glad you pointed that out that we can't neglect the practice of respectfully let's call it, because um, it's kind of respectfully parenting ourselves, right? How are we talking to ourselves? So before we, I, I really want to know how you uh, have found the ability to break that mold. Can you give us one more example from your childhood though, of say, for example, a tape, you talked about body image, but maybe just the concept of punishment and how it differentiates, how it dif- it's different than from respectful parenting and that you were like, oh my gosh, because we've talked about hanging up the phone, how you end conversations with anger. Uh, We've talked about uh, the idea that you had to be perfect. um, And that's obviously a shame thing, right? Anytime we're letting kids think that they have to be perfect. And if they're not, then they're not acceptable. 
And that could be perfect in a lot of ways. It could be perfect the way they're acting, the way they're looking, even just you broke that glass, you're in so much trouble. Mm -hmm. um, can you think of, just so we kind of have a really full picture here of uh, what kind of a mold you're breaking from, can you share with us one more example of something that you've had to kind of like break that pattern? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I was never given the chance to rebuttal anything. You know, it was kind of, you did this wrong, or I think you did this wrong. And I never had the chance to, you know, say or explain myself before it was just punishment. You're done. That it was a bad thing that you did. You're going to serve the time. And because I'm the parent, you don't get to say what you want. And that never felt good to me, but I was the kid and it was the way that I was raised. And so it was just in me. And that was one of the big things when trying to break into the respectful parenting that just resonated was just because like who said because our kids are one or two or three or four years old that they don't deserve respect we're all on the same playing field we're all humans here so why can't we speak to them like they are humans if if i'm not allowed to like broccoli why can't they not like broccoli you know like we just we think because they're kids that they have to fit into this mold of being lesser than Mm -hmm. And I think that that was a big thing of my childhood is it was, I'm the parent, that's it. You have to do what I say or you're bad and then you get punished. There was never that give and take back and forth that I already see in my two-year-old when I ask him a question, why did you do that? How are you feeling? He only has so many words and ways to, you know, express himself, but it's already, I can see the point of either way down the road, which way you're gonna take it. And I just, it's so helpful to even start to do that because I think that punishment is such a, it gives you just a bad feeling over your whole life if you're always being punished for something rather than Let's talk about it. Let's find a way to fix it. Let's find a way to not do it again instead of done and dusted. That's the end of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it makes so that you are living your life just in avoiding punishment, not in just living to be your best self, making choices from an intrinsic motivation. I want to do this because I want this goodness versus I'm going to just try to behave to avoid the punishment. And those are different. That's you know, a way that doesn't last quite as long yeah. and it deteriorates our relationships with the people that we love. Okay. Wonderful. Well, Tessa, thank you. Oh my goodness. I'm just loving this. Let's take a really short break and then come back. And I want to really dive deep into your journey into respectful and wholehearted parenting and give our listeners some really great tips on how they can, no matter how they were parented, how they can rewrite those tapes. Awesome. We'll be right back. Okay. I'm going to count us back down. <laughs> so Three. Okay, Tessa, we are back. So let's talk about first, how did you hear about respectful parenting? And what are a few steps you have taken that have really helped you break the mold of the way you were raised and to really help this be concrete for our listeners? When I think a lot of people, when they first delve into this world 
of respectful or wholehearted parenting, they think, oh my goodness, what am I, how am I even going to, how can I make my kid do anything if I'm not giving them ar- arbitrary punishments and yelling? How are they ever going to hear me if I'm not yelling? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hear people say that all the time. My kids don't hear me if I'm not yelling at them. So I think it's really helpful for our listeners to hear somebody uh, how, like, how was this journey for you? So first of all, where did you, how did you start into it? And then what were some steps you took? So I was just scrolling through Instagram, maybe it was two years ago. Um, and just on the popular page, like that random page of stuff that it calculates that you might be interested in. Um, and something just came up about being kind. It was just a little post about how to show kindness and then your child will do kindness rather than saying, you have to be kind, you have to be kind all the time. And I just read it and I can't remember the exact way it was worded, but it grabbed me. And so then I went to the page and I, again, a rabbit hole of, oh my goodness, this makes sense, this makes sense. And then I went to page after page and I found a page that I love called Big Little Feelings. And it is, I would highly recommend it. Um, It was just these two, you know, average everyday moms that put this page together and it's blown up in the past year. Um, And it's a great place to start, I would say, if anyone's on Instagram to look, they make it very base level and easy tips and tricks. Um, And so it really started on social media. I found all these pages that I loved and it kind of just went from there. Awesome. So what were some of the first steps you started with? Because at that time, I mean, your oldest would have just been a baby. What are some things that changed in your parenting at first that really helped you make that, uh, those first steps into this journey? Well, it started with, I mean, I don't know if this is exactly what you mean, but it started with like overcoming the roadblocks that were up for me. Um, first one being, is this a real thing? Like generational trauma? Is, is this a thing that we're just coming up with as a culture to kind of rid ourselves of responsibility, you know, put a name on it and it's fine. And that's not true at all. That was just my brain coming up in the beginning. Like, I don't know, this seems like it could be just an excuse, but flipping that mindset, first of all, and using positive language instead, that just because it's something new for us and something completely different. And that's another thing just that I personally would want people to know because I felt it. Even if you are on the flip side of the coin and you feel in your brain that you have ruined your kids, you've ruined yourself, you're doing quote unquote everything wrong, it's never too late. You can always flip the coin and kids are gonna see that And then they're going to realize, oh, just because I was doing this wrong or just because I was on the wrong path, I can change it too. So I think that that's important for 
people to know. Um, but just realizing that and then how I could start to enact that in my life. Um, there were a few different things I'm trying to think of that really like hit me. Um, I think positive language again was a big one. Like I was always using the rhetoric of degradation, like degrading myself, looking at the things I was doing wrong instead of trying to do the right thing and using that positive speech. Uh, and then giving it time, not putting any time limit on, oh, well now you know, so in a week you should be doing better. Or now you know, so you can't say that anymore to your child. You have to give yourself time to heal. And you know, it's generations, it's generations of either trauma or disrespectful parenting or just different ways of parenting years and years that you are just now trying to pick back the surface at. So I think that those big roadblocks that I hit were the first step, realizing them and then, then going to what's helped me get over them. So you're saying that identifying first of all the things that you wanted that you wanted to be different second of all it sounds to me like what you're saying is being kind to yourself in the journey of it absolutely and giving yourself we always use the word you're giving yourself grace because mm -hmm. that's really what we're doing right if we're mm -hmm. just trying and seeing not only your the favorite thing my favorite thing about respectful parenting like you said is that we see even newborn babies as whole people, not like half people because they're so small, but that they're whole people and that we're also seeing ourselves as whole people. Mm -hmm. That we are just moms, dads, trying our best who deserve respect from ourselves. And we can give ourselves that, which is really, really awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love that you said that because I think sometimes it's really easy to be like, oh, like I wish I would have known this before. Like if someone's already, you know, like you said, into parenting, they're maybe doing things that they are not liking. They're not liking who they are as a parent for whatever reasons. And I love the idea that it's like, we can change it at any time. And I think sometimes it's very easy to think almost like in an all or nothing, like an all or nothing mindset. Like if I can't do all this now, like it's just not working and I, I can't do it. But I love that, like we can change at any time and it's really never too late. And I think it's always easy to be like, oh, I wish I would have known this before. But like we didn't and that's okay. Like now we do and we can go with it. So I love that like you kind of recognized ways that you wanted to change and be different and do things different with your kids. And then you gave yourself the grace and the time to kind of do that. I think that's really, I think that's really magical, honestly. I think so too. Okay, Tessa, well, tell us some more about um, if you have other examples of ways that have worked for you to really adopt this parenting style that has helped you tips that you have for our listeners in implementing it and with the ages of your kids, especially, are there times still where you think, Oh, I want to react this way. Cause this is still in my brain. How, how do you turn it around? Like, how do you flip the script when in the moment 
um, something else comes to your mind or does that not happen for you? I don't know. Oh, it happens all the time, all the time, all the time, every day. I'm sure if my kids were awake, I would have done it 50 times already today. You know, it's, I would say, let yourself, once you have the knowledge, let yourself do it when it comes to you naturally. And when it doesn't, it's okay. Just try to learn from it. Try to step back. And I always, I think an important thing is I always apologize to my kids, even my five month old, if I raise my voice or I'm upset or I want him to go to sleep and he's not sleeping. And so I'm not really mad at him. So just apologizing first, I think is so important because they see that. And I already see my two and a half year old learning that he always says he's sorry when he does something, acts a certain way. So I think that that's super powerful. Um, a big hurdle that I think what helped me was in the beginning, I was kind of placing blame. I had to place blame on somebody. I think that's what our brains want to do if there's something bad and to just like, oh, this is the way I was raised. I'm so mad at my mom and my dad for doing this to me. Oh, they messed me up. I'm ruined. Why didn't I see this sooner? I think it's important to get rid of both sets of blame, which is hard. But sometimes if you just say, I'm going to get rid of it and just try not to think about it again, it can be easy to start fresh. But none of it is your fault because you were just put in this situation. And none of it is even your parents' fault because they learn from somebody too. This is years and years back of people disrespecting, making, you know, poor choices that has led to all of us kind of going down this path. Um, and it's important, I think, to give yourself time to do these changes, like I said, because none of it's going to happen overnight because it is so deeply ingrained in us you know um and I'm like going down a bunch of thoughts now so you can like redirect me or give me something else if you feel that you know I'm not necessarily saying the perfect thing to the answer your question there's no perfect Tessa <laughs> <laughs> we are happy with whatever your voice is wanting to say right now uh we're there's no such thing as perfection. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving what you're saying. And I'm loving that you are sharing with us that it is really just a journey. So what yeah. um, can you give us uh, maybe just help us see one more example of something in your life, in your parenting, that's maybe your favorite thing right now with respectful parenting. When you're looking at your kids or it can be your husband, because you're right, it's really any important relationship in our life. An example of something that you're feeling like oh, this is really helping me right now as a tip say for example if somebody's listening to this i mean because we keep using the term respectful parenting and if you listen to our podcast we talk about it all the time um yeah. but, but if somebody is new uh can you give us an example of something that you are using in your parenting right now that is really helpful to you you know perhaps it is staying unruffled when you are validating their emotions or you know is there something that you're like ah oh, for this stage right now this is really helpful to me 
as a tool? Yes, there are so many things that I love, but my top ones, I think that can go all the way through into raising your children completely. Um, not yelling. I have the tendency to raise my voice quickly. And I've no I noticed that whenever I did, you think you're going to raise your voice and it's going to stop the situation and it's going to make everything better. And it never does. It always makes it worse. So just kind of I take a big deep breath. Sometimes I'll even walk away for just a second, like walk to like a couple feet over, take a deep breath and come into it calm with a very steady voice and work it out that way. I come down to my little guy's level and instead of screaming or getting angry, I talk about it, ask, why did you do this? What were you feeling that made you do this? And now not just pinpointing it, but what can we do to make sure it doesn't happen again? Or what can we do better for next time? How can we be better tomorrow? I always say, um, one day at the end of the night, I was putting him in his crib and I said, I'm sorry that I yelled today. And he said, it's okay, mommy, we'll be better tomorrow. Oh. I just loved that he got, he got it, you know, yes. it's okay. And we're going to try to do better tomorrow. So I think just coming down to your kid's level and letting them be part of the conversation, you know, let them, a lot of times we think they don't have the capacity to feel these grown up feelings and they may not have the words, but they certainly can tell you why they did something or how it made them feel. And they can even sometimes tell you how they can try to be better or how to prevent it from happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's so cute when you see little kids say a feeling, <laughs> you know, I'm feeling sad and I'll even ask, where are you feeling sad? And they'll say like, in my heart, I'm feeling sad. And it's so cute. Even when they're little, they can really tell. Right. Okay. Well, my, I have one more question to kind of follow that up. What do you do with yourself? Uh, because we've already talked about giving grace to our parents and giving grace to our kids when they make mistakes. Uh, what do you do? when, and you've already said that you apologize to your kids, which I love. I mean, cause that literally is what our life is about, right? We try our best, we make mistakes and we make amends however we can. And that usually includes an apology. So I love that. But can you just tell me what, as you're working on changing the script inside of your mind, what are things that you tell yourself? So this isn't apologizing to other people. This is just, cause I mean, I think as moms and dads, we, there are a few things that are easier to beat ourselves up about than our parenting, right? It's the thing we care most about. It's the thing we're trying the hardest at. And sometimes we feel like we are just failing also the most at, and it stinks to feel like you're failing at the most important thing, right? Mm -hmm. So can you share with us as you're trying to change that script, what's something that you tell yourself when you're feeling frustrated with how you're doing it and you're feeling like a failure? What, what kind of words do you use with yourself? I try to always, like you said, grace is one of my favorite words. So I really try, and I usually will actually do this in the mirror because it helps me to see myself. Like I'm, you know, I can see myself saying it and then I can try to take it in. Um, just that this is exactly, your brain 
is doing exactly what it should. That if you're realizing it, that you're realizing that you don't like something that you just did, you're doing the right job. You're doing the work. If you have the power to kind of step out and say, oh, I overreacted. Instead of being mad that I overreacted, I say, oh, you noticed it. That's the, that's half of the work realizing and say kind of good job tessa like you did you did a good thing don't worry about the second step that will come but you're making progress and just being kind noticing the little things like you would with a baby this it's so important we think because we're 25 or 30 or 40 that since we have these years to learn that we should be ahead of the game somehow. But I was saying to my husband, you know, I'm, I'm making all these mistakes and this, I'm really trying to be like all of it all at once. And I said, I've learned, I've done so much research. I read all the Janet Lansbury, all, all Brene Brown, I've read all the books and why is it not happening? And then it came to me, I'm just a baby. I'm just a baby at this. I just learned two years ago. Do I expect my two-year-old to know everything? No, he's just beginning. He's just beginning to learn. And that just because I have 26 years on this earth, that I'm just newborn. I'm newborn now. I'm just learning the ropes. And just giving yourself that. I'm going to mess up a lot. And it's okay to do that. And I say a lot, at least I would feel when I would yell or when I would raise my voice or when I would say something unkind to Milo that, well, I've ruined the day now. Now the day's over and I have to wait until tomorrow to try to be better again. Mm-hmm. And that was so impossible to get ahead because it was always like, well, it's 10 a.m. And I'm mad that he opened the bag of muffins and he wasn't supposed to open it. But that, no, you can reset as soon as one second into the future. Yes. And, and that's good and okay. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. And the all or nothing mindset, I'm so, that's been a recurring theme in this conversation. I think so many people suffer from the all or nothing mindset. We think, yeah, the day, the day's gone. The week's gone. You know what? The year I failed, you know, we're writing off 2020. (laughs) It's not true because every single moment of our lives, literally every single second is now. So whatever now is, we have the power to change at any point. And the all or nothing mindset simply stops us from making the changes that we want to make. So, oh my goodness, that is just so beautiful. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that as we, we can just live in the present moment, make changes, start over, give ourselves grace and forgiveness in the moment instead of discounting an entire day. Also, I love, you mentioned the beginner's mindset, what you're talking about. So just so you know, I have been into the respectful parenting realm for more years and I still feel like I'm a beginner and I want to for the rest of my life. I actually don't ever want to lose that because you want to learn more. Exactly. And I actually find that with any aspect of knowledge in my life, the more I learn, the more I realize we're all just beginners, right? We're all just 
and being open to change our minds changing is okay. Right. And we spend, I think that's actually one of the most beautiful things about this life is that I have, I mean, we can either be frustrated by being beginners or we can just embrace it and know our entire life. We are students of life and just count as a compliment. You have the beginner's mindset, which means you're open and you're willing and available to learn and grow. And really, I mean, I want to be a hundred and still feeling like uh, having that beginner's mindset. So I love it that you recognize that. And like you said, I think if we, you sounded like Eckhart Tolle there for a second. Um, (laughs) When you said that awareness, I mean, in his book, A New Earth, that awareness is the key. Anytime we can step back and observe that, that's a a thought. That's not me. That's just a thought that came into my mind. And sometimes, like you said, it isn't even our thought. Maybe that was our parents' thought. This just in our mind or society's thought. Or, or it could be our very own thought, but either way, it's not even us because it's just a thought. That reaction that I did, that action, that achievement, that accomplishment, all those things, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, it's the awareness that they are simply something outside of ourselves, not us. As soon as you can make that step back, I think it's one of the biggest awakenings in our entire life. Absolutely. And that's where we're able to make inspired action for better and use forgiveness and grace in looking at the things we've done in the past that we wish we could have done better. So I love that you brought up awareness because really now that I'm thinking about it, the all or nothing mentality and the whole idea of beating ourselves up so much in a way that's debilitating instead of inspiring, um, it all comes back to if we're in the present moment and we're aware, we can make that step, that observation and say, oh, you know what? it really all comes back to that present moment thing. So I love that you brought up that word. I think awareness is key. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can stay aware, that's really what we're going for in life. So absolutely. I love that. Okay, Tessa, is there anything else about this journey that you've been on that you want to share with us before we start wrapping up? I think just that I want people to know that this is such an important work for us as parents to do and if you're finding yourself here you're obviously looking to do that type of work so with no judgment I just say that you can always rewrite the path always even if you think you're too far gone there's no such thing if you think you've damaged your children you can unwrite that because even the work of trying is going to teach them so much about their own ability to fail and to not do things perfectly and to try to always strive to be better and kind. And what a service. There's no greater service I personally feel than raising our babies to not have to heal from trauma to not have to heal from this disrespect that they've had their whole life. Um, And I don't think it can be said enough, be kind to yourself constantly, because the moment that you start to beat up on yourself and look at the faults rather than the positives, um, it can get 
difficult to overcome. So just be positive, flip the script over and just try to give yourself credit that you're here and that you're trying. I think it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking this time to be with us and share your story. Um, and thanks for being one of our wonderful listeners. Yes, we appreciate it. I am so happy. I am so happy to be here. I love it. Thank you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So something that we always, as you know, something that we always end all of our interviews with is the question, um, what is one habit that has helped you to find the magic every day in your life? I brought it up. I think it's really the ability to let yourself reset at any moment because it resolves you from blame, from guilt. You can just walk away, reset, and start the day over at any point. And I think that that gives me so much less stress and less anger. And it's something that I'm still working on, but it it makes parenting so much easier personally and then also to take a little time to for me I love pastries I don't know if it's it happened with my first baby when I was breastfeeding I couldn't get enough pastries all the time and so for me this little like act of resetting mentally I'll like go for a drive and I'll pick up my favorite indulgent, like crazy calorie loaded thing. And I just don't even care. I just sit there alone and I enjoy it. And I think it's important for everybody to, you know, indulge their sense of taste, something that they love because it can fill you up so much. If you just let go of the diet, let go of the whatever, and just enjoy this delicious treat because you're doing hard work and you need to fuel yourself up in every way. Tessa, I like that. I'm totally in. I like it a lot. And I think being present with whatever we're doing without shame, I think is really important. So if you're eating something delicious, I think it's super important to be present. And I think sometimes we're unwilling to receive pleasure because we feel guilty. And I think if we can just live in the moment and know that life has so many beautiful so many painful things and so many beautiful things and it can bring us pain or pleasure I think that if we're open to that uh, I think it just makes us so we're able to just live so much better instead of always just trying to not feel the pain and then feel guilty about the pleasure right so I think it just we can free ourselves if we we spend too much of our lives trying to avoid it or sometimes people I do actually think start seeking after pleasure too much too and then we can balance but I think what you're describing is simply being present and being able to receive the deliciousness of what you're eating, which I think is so important. I love that. So, so I got a little philosophical there about, <laughs> um, but Tessa, thank you so much. That is a really beautiful uh, game changing habit. And I like it because you're describing sometimes it takes you actually moving into a separate space to reset. And it also sounds like you're saying it can be as simple as taking a breath to reset so I love it because I think any habit where you can take it small or bigger is so good so I think that's going to be really valuable to all of our listeners awesome thanks for your time Tessa and let's all find the magic together
Hey everyone, this is Tara Lynn, and I would just like to give a personal thank you to everybody who has left us a review. They are so kind. I seriously get like teared up when I read them. Um, one of my most current favorites is from a mom. She says that our podcast came out about when her first baby was born and she'd listen to our episodes on every walk that she'd go on. And she felt like she had like her best friends walking with her. So I just want to let you guys know that um, we've had a lot of people say that we feel like they feel like we are their friends. And I want you guys to know that we think about you guys all the time as our listeners. And we, I totally feel like you're our friends as well. So I just want to thank you for leaving us a review and let you know it is so helpful for us and our podcast success when you do leave us a kind review. So thank you. Um, if you are willing to leave us one, you just go to search Find the Magic on Apple Podcasts. And then you scroll to the bottom of the page and leave a review. And then you make sure you push send after you leave the review and give us a rating. Thank you so, so much. And hope you have a beautiful day. Brown cows. <laughs>